Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Brenda Cadman is one of only 25 verified global Canva experts worldwide and the owner of Bonacord Creative, a WordPress development company based in Prince Edward Island, Canada. Uh, Brenda, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to be chatting with you. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. So when we were mapping out the content for this podcast, one thing that you had suggested that we touch on is how to get organized in Canva. And I am here for this because I actually <laughs> feel like I actually feel like my Canva is one big hot mess and I yeah. would love for someone to like get in there and get it all organized. Um, for someone that's just getting started, can you share some best practices for setting Canva up so that you can remain organized even as you grow to have like hundreds or even thousands of graphics inside the program? Right. And, you know, those who are listening, some will probably be new, fairly new to Canva and you don't have a lot of designs to begin with. So it's a much easier place to start from in terms of getting organized. But even if you are listening to this and you have hundreds or thousands of designs and it already feels like it's absolutely impossible to get control of, I promise you can. You can impose some order on it. It's going to take a little longer in order to actually get some organization in place, but you definitely can do that. And where you want to start is with using custom folders. So Canva has actually recently extended the ability to have unlimited uh, unlimited custom folders. Previously, it was just available on the pro plan, but they've just extended it to the free plan as well. So there's no excuse now, regardless of whether you're paying for Canva or not, you can create as many folders as you want. And it's fairly straightforward to create them. So we won't talk about that. But I think where a lot of people kind of don't know how to get started is if they have a lot of designs already and it's like, well, okay, what folder should I be creating? How am I going to organize this? And before you even start creating folders, I want you to take a good hard look at what's in there right now. And like I said, if you have a lot of designs, this is going to take a little bit longer, but you want to start by deleting what you don't need. So I do like to use the analogy of thinking of an actual physical filing cabinet or just however you have filed the papers. If you have filed the papers in your home or your office, you are going to, if you have a a stack of paper on your desk, you're not going to file everything in that stack. Chances are there's garbage in there. There are things that you kept because you thought you would need them. You no longer do. So I like to start by suggesting strongly that you go through and kind of start organizing it into piles, if you will. You're going to have the ones that you keep. You're going to have the things that you trash. You're going to have things that you maybe want to keep for reference in some sort of archive folder. And really, that's those are the three categories that you're going to have. And then once you've deleted what you don't need and you've archived what you really don't need to put additional order on at this time, but you just want to keep whether it, like I said, reference, maybe it's nostalgia, maybe it's the first design you ever created and you don't want to really get rid of that. When you look at what you've got left, this is when we're going to start making sure that you've named all the designs in a way that if you go searching for them later, that it's easy to find them. So if you had 
let's say you had multiple presentations that all are for different audiences, but they the very first slide is the same. If you're just choosing which designs to open based on what that thumbnail image looks like, they'll all look the same. And you're going to spend a lot of unnecessary time opening each design, trying to determine whether this is the one that you're actually looking for because you haven't named them in a way that you can tell them apart. I don't want to say I presentation one Cam or two. Canva also has like a search function, which I just noticed exactly. recently, right? So like that was this brilliant. Is why, I, this yeah. is why you, you not only want to describe them in a way that you can differentiate between different designs, you want to use keywords in those descriptions, in those names, so that you can go and search for them. Because having a great filing system in Canva is going to make it easier to find everything. But a lot of the time using that search field is still hands down the fastest way to find what you're looking for. Yeah. So for those listening, like I, I didn't realize that you can create folders and organize all of your graphics. So for the longest time, my, my Canva still is a total hot mess. But one thing that I did do, I have a couple of folders now, but one thing that I did do is I went and I did rename all of my graphics mm -hmm. so that, you know, for example, my Center for Pediatric Sleep Management course syllabus, I labeled it syllabus. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. So that, so that if I'm searching through 150 graphics, I don't have to scroll through. I can just type in syllabus and it pops up. So, exactly. you know, I've gotten really good about just naming my graphics so that I can type in the search word and hopefully what I type in is what I originally named it. And that has been helpful for me because the thought of putting everything into folders truthfully has felt really overwhelming and daunting. Well, and it's something you have to chip away at and uh, it takes time. It's something you need to go at in steps and in, in stages and then don't feel, especially if you do have a thousand designs in there, don't feel that you have to go through everything in one sitting. It's going to be impossible. You're going to want to tear your hair out. It is, I understand, particularly in the middle of summer when you may have your kids at home, you may have a lot of activities. The last thing anybody wants to be doing is organizing their Canva account. I, I mean, it sounds like a dream day to me, but I understand <laughs> sure. that for a lot of people, it's not. So I think even if you can take these incremental little steps to just, all right, I'm going to spend 15 minutes today just going through and trashing stuff I don't need or renaming things and work your way through it. Obviously, the sooner that you can have an or a sense of organization in there, the the easier it's going to be going forward to find what you're looking for. And you're going to save time. That investment of time in the beginning is going to save you time in the long term. But I do understand that it's not something everybody can sit down and carve an entire day out to do. So even if you just have filing Friday, <laughs> you know, carve out 20 minutes to just do something to add a little bit of order in there, that's going to go a long way. But, you know, once you've renamed everything, just looking at what you have in there, I think chunking the designs and the images down into categories. Like you said, you've got your syllabus. So you've got a course, you're going to have a folder for that course. And within that course, you maybe have a, a section for all the stuff related to the supplemental resources, maybe another folder for the lessons, maybe another folder for anything related to the sales and promotion of that course. So just thinking about how would I, if I was to go looking for this, how would I chunk this information down into step-by-step step and just dig down deeper and deeper? You know, social media, maybe under a social media folder, you have one for Facebook, one for Instagram, one for LinkedIn. Everybody's categories are going to be different depending on what you do, but also 
based on how you search for information. Okay. Love that. Uh, Let's move on to uh, the discussion of like how to make your graphics actually look good. Okay. (laughs) Because I feel like that's, which I'm sure is maybe a little bit tricky to describe on a podcast, but I trust that you're going to help us figure this out. Uh, How do you become that person that can put out graphics that actually look professional and not so DIY? The biggest thing that I see, the biggest reason for things not looking professional and for looking kind of amateurish and DIY is that you're not using the brand kit. Now, this is a pro feature specifically, so you do need to be on the Canva Pro plan to have access to this. But having that brand kit, that visual brand kit set up and then using it consistently is going to be really important to make sure that everything you're putting out is consistently recognizable as belonging to your brand. So that's where I always recommend that people get started. And then using that- So let me, hold on, let me back you up for a second. Like for total newbies that are listening to this- Like, what is a brand kit? Gotcha. So, I mean, your visual brand kit is going to consist of, at least in Canva, it specifically includes all of your logos. It's going to include your color palette and it's going to include your brand fonts. I would say more generally, your brand kit should also include the kinds of images that you're using because you're going to want to use consistent types of images that are that are recognizable as belonging to your business. But those three components are really key to use. So making sure that you upload you know, all versions of your logo. If you have a full logo that you use regularly, use that. If you have just a small icon or illustrative little word, uh, a little icon portion that you use in your logo, have that as a separate image. Have a version that is... Um, meant for being on a dark background that's maybe it's all white and really important make sure that they all have a transparent background because what i tend to see sometimes is business owners will upload their logo as um a a jpeg format and that ends up putting a great big white box behind it and if you're putting that on your graphics it just does not look as seamless and as polished it looks like you didn't have the proper image format and that's a dead giveaway that you created it yourself <laughs> that it was not professionally done so making sure you have a transparent background and if you don't have that right now i think it's important to go back to the graphic designer that created it for you to ask them for that version because they Chances are they probably did provide it to you and we all lose things over the years, but making sure you have the right formats for that is important. So, yeah, I, I yeah. think that that's such, it's so spot on. You're, you're a hundred percent right. When I was first starting my sleep consulting business, I would go into Canva and I would just find some sort of, you know, sample, what is it yep. called? Uh, like a, what is it called? I'm drawing a blank on the name, like a the things where you get to choose a a template, right? A template. Yes. So I would just pick a template that I liked and Mm -hmm. it wasn't my brand colors. It wasn't my brand fonts. It wasn't, it was just something that visually looked good to me. I liked it. But then when I'm sharing these graphics that I was making on my Instagram feed or on Facebook, there was no cohesive look to anything that I was putting out there. One day it was like a bunch of blues and greens and the next days it was like pinks and mangoes. And, you know, I had, I just was all over the place. And, you know, after a while, you just sorts, it, it dilutes your your brand, your messaging, your imaging, right? And and people can't quite figure out 
what is this business? Who, who are you? Um, and, and so I think you're exactly right. You need to have those colors loaded, locked and loaded into your Canva so that every single time you go to make a graphic and that doesn't mean you can't use a template, right? Templates are, Oh no. I I think templates are greatly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think like whenever I try to create a graphic without a template, it's a hot mess. So I always, I like to start with a template, but then you have to sort of put in your own fonts, your own colors and and make it your own and then it often looks nothing like the original but it gave you sort of the formatting and the sizing and the proportions exactly everything so that everything looks spot on well and the fact the fact is that those templates were created by designers who do understand things like hierarchy and proportion and alignment and white space and all these design principles that we often i mean i'm sure everybody has been in a situation where they've looked at something a professional has created and you don't know why it feels so balanced and put together. And it's all these tiny little design principles cumulatively resulting in something that feels just feels right visually. And if that's not your skill set, I don't think you should be wasting your time stressed out looking at a blank Canva design canvas wondering how to create that. Start with a template. There are so many of them to choose from. Their own template library is enormous now. And then if you're not finding what you're looking for, there's a lot of third-party template options out there. There's template shops, there's template memberships. Um, And so there's no shortage of templates out there, but it is really critical that you do use that brand kit in order to customize it. And that may mean removing some of the components in it that you don't need. It does also mean that you need to choose your template carefully because you don't want to choose something that is so drastically visually different from your own branding that you have to remove all these components. And then all of a sudden you're left with, there's not really much left to work with. Uh, So choosing something that actually feels like, yeah, that, that feels kind of, if you have a light and airy kind of visual brand, let's start with a light and airy template and then customize that and then just use it really consistently. Yeah. And for those who haven't invested in sort of like a brand kit from a designer Mm -hmm. on their own, I still think it's worth saying out loud that you can sort of create your own brand identity in Canva. You can select a few fonts that speak to you, you know, pick, pick a template that you love and stick with those fonts, stick with those colors and make teeny tiny changes so that your look always looks the same, even if it's not exactly. right. Um, so I, I, I think it's important to say that out loud for those that are just getting started and feeling totally overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, now I have to go hire someone to do my branding. Not necessarily. Right. I think that these platforms are so um, robust and there are just so many resources within the platform that allow you to sort of fake it till you make it. A little bit and and you can come across really strong and really sort of firm on your identity just by committing to using the same few fonts and using the same palette of colors every single time even if a designer didn't pick those out for you absolutely i mean i am a huge advocate for investing in having a graphic designer create your visual branding when the time is right if you are just starting out if you're new in your business I mean, I totally get that the the budget or even just the position that you're in is not the time to do that because you do need to have a good understanding of who your ideal client is, what your brand personality is, all these things. And that takes some time to discover. So when it feels 
when you feel ready to invest in that, there's a lot of value in working with a professional. But in the meantime, you do have a lot of options in there that you can start with. And I think it's just important to choose something that does make sense for your audience. And then just that consistency is so important because you do want to get to the point where your potential customers are scrolling through Instagram and they see a graphic of yours and they know it's you before they even see your name on the image. And they that consistency breeds a sort of trust. And you need that in order for them to want to, you know, to build that loyalty and for them to want to do business with you at some point. So just settling on something, understanding it doesn't have to be forever and it should evolve over time, but just consistently use what you have at this time. Yeah. And I know that this is not what our, our, our conversation today is about Canva, but what you just said uh, makes me feel compelled to share something that I, I saw a conversation in a Facebook group recently where somebody was asking about logo design for their new business. And, you know, they were showing all of their mock-up logos yeah. and they were full of lots of, it was a whole lot, you know, it was like lots of colors, lots of design, yeah. everything all over the place, you know, whatever. And somebody so intelligently said, you know, if you think about the brands that are most recognizable, it's literally just the name in a font that's very recognizable, right? Like Gap or Nordstrom or, mm-hmm. right? Like there are all these big brands that are literally just, you recognize the font, the name of the company. So, you know, when you're just getting started, and I did that, my business, my sleep consulting business is called Snooze Fest. And my logo, which I didn't hire a designer. I just, my person who made my website uh, made my logo and she literally just like took a font. I don't even know. I, off the top of my head, I don't know what font it is. I'm sure I can dig it up somewhere in my email files. And it's just Snooze Fest by Jane Havens. And it's like a very recognizable, just it's the name. There's no frills. And I think that having that mentality of just like owning your name recognition and simplicity I think that goes a long way when you're trying to create a recognizable image that has staying power for your business. I mean, ultimately, don't overcomplicate it. It yeah, it doesn't have to be this complicated. I would much rather a lot of people do the same thing about settling on a business name. So, I mean, you want to put some thought into it, obviously. Same with your your logo and and your visual brand kit. But I also want to make sure that that's not the obstacle that stops you from moving forward. So let's let's choose something. Let's use it consistently. And in the future, it's not a matter of if you're going to refine it. You are going to refine it because after a certain period of time, you have to, it, you know, just for various reasons. But don't overcomplicate it. Let's Let's make sure we get something, we use it consistently, and we move on to the more important things. Yeah. So that actually leads perfectly into my next question, which was, you know, what sort of mistakes are you seeing Canva users making? Uh, not just with regard to their branding, but maybe more technical mistakes. What, what do you see newbies doing that, that we shouldn't be doing on the platform? And I mean, a lot of it is the stuff we've already talked about, about just not creating, using those folders to create an organizational system and not setting up that brand kit and using it consistently you know, wasting so much time trying, insisting they have to create something from scratch when using, I mean, templates are your best friend and that can save you a lot of time. But just on the more technical side of things, I think learning some of the keyboard shortcuts that are available so you're not having to 
spend any more time doing things than necessary. Some of them are very, they save very small amounts of time, but over time, it makes it easier. I mean, a very simple one is if I'm adding new text to a design, I don't have to open up the text section and click on one of the text options. Just hit the T key on your keyboard and it'll add a text box immediately. That's to awesome. Your I had no idea. Okay. I mean, that. so there's there's a ton of these kinds of shortcuts that you can use. Your, your keyboard is actually, I use my keyboard more than um, probably any of the actual file options in the Canva account. So things like that and understanding, um, you know, on the pro account, there's the resize feature. So if you need to turn an Instagram graphic into an Instagram story, obviously they're very different proportions and you don't have to start from scratch. You can take the design that you want to duplicate and just use the resize option to automatically create a version of it in the appropriate dimensions. Of course, you are going to have to move things around because if you go from more square or square oriented to really tall, it's going to whack things out a little bit and you're going to have to adjust it. But it saves a lot of time just being able to use that. So there's a lot of these little kinds of features um, you know, under position. If you need to line up a whole bunch of checkboxes, there's something called tidy up. And these are the things that are harder to show, obviously, in a podcast right. sort of environment. But just understanding some of these little tiny quick features, they really can save you a lot of time in your design process. And it makes it a lot when you make it more streamlined like that, it just makes it feel less frustrating and overwhelming. Yeah. I think to your point about sizing, uh, one mistake that I made often as a brand new Canva user is that I didn't realize that the importance of selecting the correct size right. image to start with. Right. So like maybe I made a graphic for Instagram and then I wanted to share that on Facebook, but it doesn't quite uh, format as nicely when you are using the wrong size images. Some some platforms are more flexible than others when it yeah. comes to the resizing of images. But I do think, you know, if you're creating a Facebook cover photo, for example, like that needs to be a very specific size. Otherwise your image is going to get cropped the wrong way or the text is no. not going to be in the box. Um, or it's going to get really pixelated and fuzzy looking, you know, the, the cover image size for videos is not the same as the YouTube cover image thumbnail size. And if you try to use the same image, it's just going to look fuzzy and awful. So you have to be able to have these multiple versions, which is why you can end up with a Canva account where you have all these things that look identical when they're the, that tiny little square thumbnail image in Canva but they could be, they're all completely different sizes. So that's why where that renaming come, is so important or having folders is so important so that you know that, okay, this is the share image version. This is the YouTube cover image. This is the LinkedIn post version, et cetera. Otherwise they're all going to look the same and you're going to keep opening them up and getting the wrong one. Yeah. And I think that goes back to our previous point of like, trying to not look like you're doing this so DIY, right? You could make a really beautiful Canva image that mm -hmm. is the wrong size and share it to the wrong platform. And then all of a sudden your beautiful image looks super DIY, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So making that sure that you're, yeah. So making sure that you're starting with the right size image and and that you're using the correct template for the platform that you're uploading your image to is 
the best way to make sure that your graphics are appearing as professional as possible. Yeah, that, that'll go a long way to it. Yeah, love that. So uh, what about hacks, tips, tricks? What else do you have up your sleeve? I love that little T button. What else do you have that you can share with yeah. us? Yeah, and this is kind of where I'm trying to put the focus, I think, of my own YouTube videos. I'm not somebody who does... 20 minute, 30 minute tutorials. I'm somebody who's wants to teach you in one to three minutes, something specific that is going to actually help you in your design process. So uh, things like being, knowing how to copy over entire pages from one design to another, this is something I get asked about constantly. You know, is there a way to merge pages from one design into another? And you absolutely can. And it's as simple as opening them both up in grid view, which if you've ever been in designing in Canva, in the bottom right-hand corner, there's a little tile icon that shows the number of pages. And if you click on that, you get an overview of all the pages in your design. Now, if you go to that layout and then you open another design the same size, in that grid view as well, you can literally copy the slides from one that you want, use the copy shortcut on your keyboard and paste them into the other one. So this can be really handy if you have like a master design, if you want to create a, a master presentation design where you have all the slide ver versions that you've ever created that you, you want to use as a reference document, you don't have to be copying and pasting those components over individually from one design to another, you can take the entire page and move it over. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. And it is so simple, but it's not something that is really in your face obvious when you're working in Canva. One thing that uh, came up in my Facebook group, I have a Facebook group for all of the students and graduates who have enrolled in Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. And one thing that came up is that when we are writing sleep plans, some of us write them in Word or Google Docs, and then others do them in Canva and make them all beautiful with graphics and images and pretty fonts. I play it safe. I just hang out in Word and I put my snooze <laughs> fest. I put my, you know, I'm pretty simple. I, I do a Word document. Nothing wrong I with put, simple. <laughs> I put my logo at the top of the page and I turn it into a PDF before I send it off. And that's how I roll. But I have some ladies in my program that have gotten really creative with their sleep plans. And one thing that we talk about often is that like a lot of our sleep plans, um, we're not reinventing the wheel every single time, right? Like there are- right there are differences, small little differences, but we don't need to like yep. start from scratch every single time. And, you know, if you're in word, you can hit, I think it's like control H to pull up. You can search for like a word, right? So like if I am supporting a five month old baby named Lucy, I can hit control H and type in Lucy and it highlights all the Lucy's. And then yep. if I want to change her name to Amelia, I can type in Amelia and hit enter and it just changes the name. Now, of course, there are other details that we need, need to change too, right? Maybe Lucy takes a pacifier and Amelia doesn't. Maybe Lucy sleeps in a room with her parents and Amelia doesn't, right? There, there are other changes that we need to make, but at least we can catch the, the name and so that we still have the same format. Somebody realized recently that there is a way to do that in Canva, right? What is that? They shortcut? just released a new, they actually just released a new feature. This just came out in the past few weeks and it's called, uh, it's text find and replace. Now, if you use the find shortcut on your keyboard, so I'm on a Mac, so it's command F. I'm assuming it's control F on a Windows keyboard. It's actually going to trigger a find and replace 
option inside of Canva now. And that is going to save you a lot of time. There's no need to, I mean, in the past, you could just use your browser for that as well, but this is a more streamlined version to be able to actually replace it quickly and make sure that you are doing all this. So that is going to save you a lot of time if you are having to make those quick changes. But I actually wanted to step back because something you've said is is important. You know, you don't have to start from scratch each time. You can actually save your own designs as a template. So create a base template version. Maybe it doesn't have a name in there. Maybe it's a placeholder name that you know to look for each time. Maybe it just says name. Sleep plan or whatever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Then you'll know what to search for and replace. But when you save it as a template, as opposed to just duplicating a previous design, that ensures that you'll never accidentally overwrite something, which is something I think we've all done where we think we're working on a duplicate and it turns out we're working on the original and now we've overwritten everything (laughs) by accident. So if you save it as a template, when you go to open it, it's going to prompt you to make a copy of it. And I use the same approach myself. So I have a WordPress development agency and our specialty is these WordPress inspection reports. I don't create a report from scratch each time. I do have a base of it. It The contents change quite a bit in my case, but the framework of all of them is identical. So if I start with that as a template, it, it prompts me to make a copy. Then I can go through and add the additional details, but it just makes the process so much faster. And you know, you don't tend to get this backlog of things to do because you're putting it off because it feels like it's just going to be a lot of grunt work. So these little changes in your workflow can be really impactful. Yeah. So let's go back to, you mentioned your YouTube videos. Uh, Before we wrap up, I would love for you to share, uh, people are probably listening like, okay, I need to, I need to work with this person. This person, I need this person's (laughs) help. So, so I guess my questions are like, where can people find you? And, and if they're not ready to work with you one-on-one, what sort of free resources do you have available so that people can learn from you and, and maybe circle back around when the time feels right to actually make a hire? So I will tell you, I actually don't even provide one-on-one services at this point. It's something I might do in the future, but my whole focus is the fact that people this is a DIY tool and you need to learn how to use it better. I can create stuff for you. It's not something I do, but even if I could, you ultimately are going to need to learn the skills. So my focus is actually on providing these small little courses to teach you how to address each of these little pain points. So that's something that is available. But I think the best place to start is I have a Facebook community is simply called how to use Canva. If you just go to how to use canva.com, it'll forward you there. There's over seven 7,600 of us in the group. So it's a pretty robust community at this point. So I do share a lot of the tip videos in there. Um, It's a good place to ask questions as well and get pointed to resources. And then I think I gave you a link as well. I do have some freebies. um, Yeah, we'll put all of those 10 ways. Yeah, a few guides and and various things that can help you get started. Awesome. And are you on social media beyond Facebook? Are you on Instagram? Are you anywhere else? Begrudgingly. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I, I am on Instagram. I am on YouTube. These are all channels that need to be built out. And my consistency is, you know, I know the importance of consistency, but I am one woman. Yeah. So your Facebook group is the best place for I think so for a starting point. People to connect with you. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This was so helpful. I am so excited for my community, both my Center for Pediatric Sleep Management graduates, and then just everybody else that that's tuning into this podcast. I think this is an amazing resource for uh, 
green entrepreneurs and even those more seasoned, I, I'm still learning Canva and I'm several years into using it. I feel more comfortable on Canva now. It doesn't feel, um, it used to feel really overwhelming. Um, and now it doesn't feel as overwhelming, but I still feel like I learn new sort of hacks and tips and tricks all the time. It's sort of never ending. I mean, the great thing about Canva is it is constantly changing and growing and evolving. And the not so great thing is it is constantly changing (laughs) and it requires, I mean, there's a bit of a, the learning curve never quite goes away. So there's always something new to learn, but over time you, that learning curve does shorten and you do get a lot more comfortable in it. Yeah, absolutely. So say your Facebook group one more time before we wrap up, I'm going to join it as soon as this conversation is over. It's how to use Canva, just how to use Canva dot com. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Brenda. It was great chatting with you today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.